2019, did anybody notice? (laughs) Yes, and so at the beginning of the year, what we want to do is give you the theme for our year, for 2019, as our prophetic teams have been praying, as the staff and the elders have been praying, this is the word that the Lord has given us for 2019, joy in the harvest joy in the harvest. And I want to unpack that for you this morning. There's so many dimensions to this. So let's ask Jesus to help us see what he has in store uh, for us. Father, we thank you now for what you're going to speak to us, Lord God, as a church and as a people, to have vision and expectation. For without a prophetic word, the people cast off restraints. But we've got revelation, and so we will restrain our activities to keep in line with that vision and that purpose. And we will drive, Lord God, to that vision, led by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Joy in the harvest. Now, this is a very important word in Israel's history, and especially to an agricultural uh, community. See, uh, agriculture was everything to Israel. That's why when God promised them to go into the promised land flowing with milk and honey, that's agricultural talk. Where does milk come from? Cows, that's your livestock. And this, this land that you're going into is going to supply such healthy feeding and growth for your livestock, it's going to be full of milk, all right? Where does honey come from? Bees. And what do bees do? Pollinate your crops, your fields, and all that you grow. So you're going to have livestock and cattle. You're going to have your crops full. This is a land of promise, so it's agricultural, And so to them, everything agricultural was very important. Many of the people would worship agricultural gods, but Israel had the God of all things, amen? And his promise was for agriculture. He said that if you'd obey my Sabbath, that in my Sabbath rest, I will bless your harvests so that in the sixth year you'll have such an abundant provision in my harvest, you can rest in the seventh year. Now, if you're into agriculture, you're going to go, you don't want me to plant? That's trust. But God said, if you will follow me, I'm going to bless your harvest seasons. And so for uh, an agricultural community, that's really important. You know this psalm, Psalm 126, verse 6. He that goes forth and weeps, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing the sheaves with him. How many of you remember that song? Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we will go rejoicing. Bring, I, I'm a little off, but that's okay. Half of you don't know that song anyway. That's that verse for sheeps. Now, when I was young, I always thought it was bringing in the sheep, bringing in the sheep, because I had no clue what a sheave was. So I thought everybody had a lift at the church I went to, and they were saying bringing in the sheep. Well, you could have sang that as an agricultural community, but a sheave is when you take the crop and you cut it. Uh, the wheat and the stalks, and you bind it together in the fields to dry out, and you form these sheaves, and once they're, they become dry, and that they're, you cut them before they're ripe, because if you cut them while they're ripe, all the kernels will fall off. 
So you cut them right on time, place them in sheaves, let them dry out, and then you collect the sheaves. Well, the concept is this. Those who sow in tears, you sow, you do hard work, you hope, you plant a seed, you have to water it. But when the harvest comes, you will rejoice. There's joy in the harvest. That's the point. Joy in the harvest. So uh, Jeremiah said, joy and gladness is taken from the pleasant field. You see, so an agricultural community goes by the seasons. God gave us seasons and times for us to discern and understand. In our culture today, we're not agricultural. We're shopacultural. We go to the local shops. We barely even cook anymore, let alone go bring in sheaves. When you go to Kroger, we're bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. Bring your bologna home, put it on a piece of bread that you didn't make, right? Or we go to a restaurant. So for us, the biggest season for us where we find joy is spring, especially in Michigan, although there is no spring in Michigan. Have you noticed that? <laughs> we go from summer to something. I mean, winter to, winter to something. It's not even summer. Eventually it gets there. Anyways, um, so we all rejoice in spring. We love spring. Spring is our happy time. Not an agricultural community. Spring is like, all right, here we go. Time to go to work. And so we plant seeds, we plant seeds. So in an agricultural community, what would be the season that joy would abound? Fall. See, we look at it and go, oh, everything's dying. But in Israel, everything is supplied. It's a time of joy. The fall is not a time of death. It's a time of provision. And it is a time to reap everything that you have sown. And so what I want you to comprehend is what the Lord is telling us as Christ Community Church is we're entering a new season. Somebody say amen for that. I like new seasons. I like living in Michigan because we have a variation of seasons. And so I love that feel. How many of you enjoy that? Right? Heck with California and Florida. Nice place to visit. But I love the seasons. And, And so... We're in a new season. Do you know what that means in expectation as a people? We're moving into a season that God is saying, I want you to have joy. And what he's saying to us as a church is it's a new season, it's joy, and I want you to reap the benefits of all that you have been sowing. Can I get an amen on that? Man, don't you like a return for hard work? Don't you like to reap after you have sown and sown and sown, and now that you've poured in, it's coming back to you? In fact, how many of you know that verse, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing, right? We like that. But that's what a harvest does. It comes back to you, pressed down. That's why there's such joy. Look at this verse. He that goes forth and weeps, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with what? rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. You went out into that field with seeds. And now every seed has multiplied to where you're going to have joy and gladness taken from a plentiful field. Now, many of you, some of you are new to this church, some of you are old to this church, 
I've been here the longest. <laughs> My wife and I planted this church. It'll, we're in our 28th year. And we've been pressing in and praying and praying and seeking God for a harvest for this community. What kind of harvest do we want? The glory and presence of God. That's all I want is the presence of Jesus. Because the presence of Jesus draws. He's the solution for everything. And so that's the harvest we want to bring in. That's the joy I want to have in this season that God is bringing to us. So what I want to speak to you on is the attitude that we should have and the expectation we have for the joy of harvest. Number one, it's based on the law of reciprocity. Reciprocity, fancy word, say it with me. Very good. It means sowing and reaping. So much in Scripture is based on sowing and reaping because, again, Israel was agricultural and the concept that God kept speaking to them was about sowing and reaping. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh. You translate into the New Testament, into spiritual dimensions, it's the same thing. If you sow to the Spirit, you will reap of the Spirit. This isn't hard, but yet how many of us repeat sowing to the flesh? And we wonder, gee, why isn't anything changing? You're sowing into the wrong thing, sow into the Spirit, sow in prayer, sow in the Word, sow in the goodness of God, sow in praise, sow in worship, and you will reap back the benefits. It will multiply back to you the blessings of God. You know, uh, this law of reciprocity works financially too, and we talk about investing in the kingdom and giving to God first and setting our household in order, putting it first and sowing to the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. But so many have developed that into the flesh. People put money in the offering in a fleshly way, thinking they're going to get money back. It's called the prosperity movement. If I put 10 bucks in, I'm getting 100 back. Hallelujah. So we've just changed the lottery into Christian gambling. The offering, it's called. So that's a wrong heart. But many people do Christian gambling. I'm going to sow into this. If I give a thousand, baby, I'm getting a hundred thousand back. You know what? God loves you so much. He won't give you money. Can't trust you with it. Some people he can. He's got he's to check the heart. But how many of you would rather have love, joy, peace, faithfulness, goodness, self-control, the good things of God, the very fruit of God's Spirit? Why do you think they call it fruit? Because it comes with a harvest. It's the harvest of a Spirit in us. And so as you sow into the kingdom, whether it's your finance, whether it's your time, whether it's your efforts, whatever you're sowing in, the fruit that is coming back multiplied to you 30, 60, 100 fold by the law of reciprocity is the goodness of God. That's what I want. Money just magnifies your character. How many of you know that? It's all it does. What you have and what you need in the provision of things comes from God. So money's not going to solve your problems because you didn't solve them without money. Money just complicates it, makes the problem bigger. How many of you have ever seen the TV shows about people who have won the lottery? They're worse now than when they won. Although I was thinking about the lottery the other night. I leave it in the dream zone. 
Because if I had all that money, I'd be, it'd mess me up bad. 30, 60, 100 fold. The concept is this. Look at, look at that handful of seeds. You take one seed, you plant it in the ground, it grows, let's say, an apple tree, and the harvest of that apple tree is how many apples? And there are five to six seeds in every apple. So from one seed, you've multiplied times seven the number of apples on that tree. That's the law of reciprocity. And if we, being sinful, know how to give something good to our children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit? There's nothing more valuable on this planet than the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Why do we want the filthy lucre? Why do we need money? Well, we need it to get along. But if you can just get along and pay your bills and do what you need to do stewardship-wise, but then reap out of the Holy Spirit, your life will be full of joy. Full of joy. Amen? I have been around the world. I've been in the slums of Africa, South Africa. I've been in the slums of China. I've been in the slums of Russia. I've been in in the slums of Palestine and Pakistan. I've seen people who are dirt poor, poverty, living in lean-to dirt huts, living in places that are crevices in rocks, and and living there with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Because you know what they're full of? The Holy Spirit of God. And that satisfies them. The law of reciprocity is what we sow, we will reap and have a harvest. And that's what Jesus is promising to us. He said in Matthew 13, 23, As for what was sown in good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, sixtyfold, and thirtyfold. It depends on the fruit You'll get more seeds uh, uh, from some plants than others, but you can have a variety of harvests. We have some apples, we'll have some oranges, we'll have some gourds, we'll have some wheat, we'll have some barley, we'll have some figs, each bearing a different load and number of, of seeds back to you, but the benefit is rich. And Jesus uses that agricultural point that what you sow into good soil. Let me ask you, Have you been sowing into the kingdom of God? Have you been sowing into the promises of God? If you sow into the good soil of God's richness in you, it will reap a bountiful harvest. That's what we should be expecting in this year. How many of you need that? Man, I want to have a spirit of joy as to what God is going to bring into me 30, 60, 100 fold. Amen? The dimensions of peace. Anybody here need peace? How about we multiply it back into your life 30, 60, 100 fold? That you walk in the spirit of peace. You are satisfied and complete. How about love? The ministry of God's love in your heart coming back unto you. Have you sought him? You've prayed unto him. You've studied his word. And an overwhelming harvest of his love penetrates into you. His faithfulness comes into you. All right? His gentleness, his meekness, his goodness, his self-control multiplies. That's called maturing. We mature into the harvest, and that's what he says is going to happen at Christ Community Church. Based on the law of reciprocity, it is coming in. Luke said, give and it will be given unto you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Amen? 
Now again, people love to use that verse for money, but in context, that verse is actually talking about relationships with people. If you sow into people in a godly way, if you pray for people, if you care for your neighbor, if you help your neighbor, the benefit coming back to you will be good relationship, so good it's pressed down, shaken together, overflowing in your lap. It's again agricultural, it's the law of reciprocity, what you sow in, it will come back to you multiplied back. And God is saying to Christ Community Church in 2019, I've seen your faithfulness, I've seen what you've been sowing into, and I'm going to bring a season of harvest for you as a people. Woo! Second point, the harvest crown. This is an ancient, ancient thing that when they would harvest many times, they would put a laurel wreath around. How many of you have ever seen, even in Olympic games, people wear uh, crowns? A crown is the glory. It represents elevation and glory. And I was interested to discover this. The harvest is actually called the crown of the year. Psalm 65, 11 says, You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. So for Israel, the crown or the pinnacle or the glory or the majesty of Israel was harvest time. Because in their faithfulness to God, read through the prophets, read through the Old Testament. In their faithfulness to God, he blessed their crops. When they were unfaithful, he would bring what? Drought. He would bring famine. They would not have good crops. And instead of honoring God, they would go and worship Balak. They would go and worship Molech. They would go and worship Ashtaroth. Do you know what those gods were? Those were fertility gods. Those were gods for harvest. Because without a harvest, you're going to die. And instead of turning to God, they turned to false gods. And so for Israel, the crown of the year was harvest time. So we are entering into a prophetic year of crown, of majesty, and of glory. I want, in 10 years from now, all of us to look back at 2019 saying, do you remember that year? That was the year of the crown. That was the year of the pinnacle. That was the year the glory topped everything off. It is the crown of God's majesty. To crown something means to bring honor, to cause glory and joy. And so, this is a year of wearing a crown. This is the year of expectation of glory to crown our labors. Amen? Amen. I'm with you on that. I want that. Do you want that? Amen. Amen. Now, thirdly, the feasts of joy. It is a season of joy. It is a season of yielding back 30, 60, 100 fold. It is a season of crowning the pinnacle of all our efforts and receiving the benefits of it. And thirdly, it is the harvest of joy. There were three feasts of the Lord that they were to come back to Jerusalem for to celebrate and to honor God. One was Passover, right? Now, Passover, they'd come back to Jerusalem. They would sacrifice the Passover lamb. We know that that celebrated for them their birth of a nation coming out of Egypt and uh, coming into the promised land uh, because of the Passover angel that slayed the Egyptian gods and the Lord brought them out. 
and it celebrates salvation. It celebrates Yeshua. It celebrates Jesus, who is our Passover lamb, who set us free, and by his blood brought us salvation. The other two feasts, now there were seven in all, but the other two feasts that they were to come back to Jerusalem for were harvest feasts. Fifty days after uh, the Passover feast came Pentecost. Penta means 50, and so it was a celebration of harvest. Now, it was, if I'll read it to you, it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 9. Count seven weeks from the time that you begin to harvest the grain, and then celebrate the harvest festival to honor the Lord your God, bringing him a free will offering in proportion to the blessing he's given you. Be joyful in the Lord's presence, together with your children, your servants, and the Levites, and foreigners, and orphans, and widows who live in your towns. Do this at the place of worship. So, Pentecost celebrated not only the giving of the law of God to Moses on Mount Sinai, but it also celebrated the Pentecost or the harvest feast, the early first fruits harvest. You see, you harvested barley and wheat earlier than the other crops. And so when you harvested barley and wheat, you had to make sure that when you harvested it, you harvested it when it turned white. If you harvest it too early, then it's not ripe. So the fruit's no good for seed and for food. If you harvest it too late, when it is already ripened on the stalk, then when you go, see, they didn't have combines, they didn't have heavy machinery. So when you go into the fields with your sickles to harvest it, if it's already ripe, all the seed's going to fall into the ground and into the earth, and you're going to return back with empty sheaves. You have to get it when it's right. And Jesus gave us the clue as to when it is when they turned to the fields and he said, look, the fields are white unto harvest already. The time is now. And so the harvest, they had to go early before it matured, but not too early and not too late. And that was the Feast of Pentecost. They would begin to cut the crops. It was the beginning of the harvest season, early enough in the year. So it was the first outpouring. And how many of you know what happened on Pentecost was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was the begin of a harvest on planet Earth. It was the begin of the church age when God was starting to call in the harvest of the Gentile nations. But there is a latter harvest coming, and that's Sukkot. Sukkot is the Feast of Tabernacles in September and October when the rest of the harvest is going to come in. Pentecost celebrated the first. Sukkot, or Feast of Tabernacles, celebrated the major, major harvest. And that is coming upon us prophetically as a people when Jesus comes back to round up everyone who is of him. Amen? So we're between Pentecost and Sukkot and we are harvesting and bringing in the sheaves and we're bringing in that gathering till the final gathering when Christ returns. But what gets me about this, that's just a little theology for you, okay? A little background history. What gets me is this. Let me read to you what he said to the feast of Sukkot. In Deuteronomy 16, 15, he said, Honor the Lord your God by celebrating this festival for seven days at the one place of worship. Be joyful because the Lord has blessed your harvest and your work. Twice in both these feasts, we have a mandate from heaven to be joyful. 
This is not subject to your opinion. It is not subject to your emotional being. It is a command of God for the people of God at harvest time to be what? Joyful. Joyful. I'm just not feeling it today. This is a mandate. He said, if you're going to come into my presence... And so I want to tell you folks, if we're going to come into the presence all through 2019, we have a mandate from heaven to be what? Joyful. Now I know life doesn't stop. I understand that. I know pain and suffering and sorrow, it always is with us. But joy comes in the morning. Joy satisfies our soul. I've been through great loss. I've been through great trial. But I haven't lost the joy of the Lord. It's my strength. And God is mandating to us as a church that 2019, I am commanding the people to be joyful in my presence. Amen? It's harvest time. It's time. Now listen, it's not hard to be joyful when you reap the benefit of all your hard work. Right? I get big joy. Every year, I I plant one seed. Well, actually, I plant three. Okay, I plant three seeds. And they're sunflower seeds. I'm stuck on sunflowers. The reason is, this seed is this big when I plant it. When it goes to full bloom, it's 15 to 17 feet tall. 17, no. Uh, 13 to 15 feet tall. That would be really big. It would be like if I lived near Chernobyl or something. Um, No, it's 15, about 15 feet tall. My family will attest to that. And a big old flower. I get the biggest kick out of that. Do you know what I do every morning? I go watch my sunflower. I do, and at night I go to bed and I watch my sunflower because it'll start off in the morning facing this way. And at night, it's facing that way. Wherever the sun is, this thing's going like that. I get the biggest kick out of that. It's like the thing's alive. It is! And its joy is to soak in the sun. Come on. Its beauty and its crown is at harvest time when it flowers and all the seeds are packed into this gorgeous, beautiful design. The reason I plant three is because a squirrel usually takes one of them out real early on. And I have a particular squirrel that waits right till it begins to blossom. And he climbs up. I, I could... I want to harvest the squirrel. And he bites. He's just mean. It's just mean. He's a demonic squirrel. Because he'll bite right under the flower. It'll fall. And he don't eat the seeds. That's just mean. But if I could get a sunflower to last, and I did this year. It came in again. I got one to last. I, I have like armor screens all around this thing searchlights but I got one to full flower and I get such joy out of that could you imagine if you've been praying for something so long how about the salvation of your children how about the salvation of Aunt Gladys that wicked old aunt that is so mean but you've been praying and praying and you never thought she'd get saved. But the harvest comes in in 2019 and she gets saved. Come on. Would you have joy over that? Would you celebrate what you've prayed into? You see, it's easy to have joy when all your hard work pays off. 
That's why heaven is filled with joy. It says when one soul gets saved, what happens? All the angels have a party because it's harvest time. A season has shifted in that person's life. They've come to salvation and knowledge of the Lord. And all of heaven rejoices to the crown of glory. And who wears the greatest crown of harvest time? Jesus wears the harvest crown. Oh my goodness, this is awesome. And it is the harvest of souls that I'm expecting to see in 2019. Because that's where the harvest is at for us in the New Testament. A harvest of souls. And as I began to see this with joy and with the crown, I, I discovered this. I, I never saw it before. Write this down, 1 Thessalonians 2.19. I'll read it to you. Paul, when he describes his love for the churches that he's been to, he had two favorite churches, Thessalonica and uh, the, uh, the church at Philippi. The church at Thessalonica, because it, it, it grew within three weeks. He was able to be there three weeks, and a church just responded. They heard the word, the manifestation of the Spirit, and then it says the third element, they had full conviction. So something uniquely happened in that church that when Paul preached, everybody received it. There was a harvest of souls. And so this is what he says to the church at Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 2.19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? You are our glory and our joy. He calls that congregation, the people that he brought into the kingdom. He said, you're our crown and our joy. That's harvest talk. That's the crown of souls. That's the harvest Jesus has been waiting for. Jesus wants us to be the laborers in the field because they're white unto harvest to bring the harvest in, which will be the crown on Jesus' head. How many of you know he wears many crowns? I just discovered a new crown he wears, the harvest crown. He wears the kingly crown. He wears the crown of thorns. But upon his head is the harvest crown. Those that he has brought in through the harvest, through the people who are laboring in his fields, that the Spirit brings unto salvation. That's why Paul says, you're my joy because harvest is joy time. And you're my crown because that's the harvest that came back to Paul's ministry. He sowed day and night. He said in Thessalonians, I was like a nursemaid to you. I cherished you. I ministered to you. I was gentle with you. He said, I worked day and night so that I didn't have to ask any finance from you. I labored with all my strength and I taught you all night long. And so he sowed into them, sowed into them, sowed into them, and he reaped a harvest. And he said, that's my joy. How about you, 2019? You've been witnessing to people. You've been praying for people. People at work that, oh my goodness. How about your neighbors, right? But it's a season when it's going to turn. The harvest is coming in, and they will be your crown. There's nothing you can bring into eternity except the people that you've brought to Jesus. And that's what he says in Philippians 4.1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So, we're going to see a harvest of souls. 
We're going to see a return 30, 60, 100 fold based on the law of sowing and reaping in this year coming back into our lives. It's going to be rich. It's going to be bountiful. We're going to love it. And then we're going to wear a harvest crown. We're going to see this church elevated to a place that, not for fame among people, I'm not interested in that, not for a name to be noticed, but the elevation we want is the presence and glory of God to bring a harvest into all that we've sown into so that his glory abides in this place. And he mandates joy. Come on, the thing that you're going to have in this season is joy, 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 joy. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. And what you're going to see more than anything else is souls saved, souls won, souls healed, souls of prayers being answered. It's harvest time. And so the theme this year, brothers and sisters, is joy in the harvest. Hallelujah. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, a harvest of answered prayer, a harvest of fruitful rewards, a harvest of disciples, young and old, and a harvest of Pentecost, spiritual gifts, crowning us and flowing in us with power. Can somebody get excited about that today? That's this year. That's our theme. Stand with me this morning, and may we be crowned with the glory of God.